with all of this stuff that's happened in our world, it's going to be really good to redefine some things. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really good to see the restoration and the redemption and reconciliation happen uh, from the Lord as he intervened. Hey, you're listening to the Follower of One podcast. We want our faith to matter full time, whatever we're doing, but especially at work. Here's today's podcast. Hey, everyone, it's Mike Henry with Follower of One. And today on our podcast, our guest for this interview is Brian Dobbs. Brian, would you say hi and tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes, Mike. Thank you again for letting me be on on this program. I'm, I'm really excited about it. My name is Brian Dobbs. I'm a licensed real estate agent. I'm an author and a business coach. So put put all of those things together. I, I work with professionals, helping them grow a successful business and create that successful model, as well as working with the end user, our buyers and sellers and our, our homeowners to help them in their real estate goals. Yeah, very cool. And we were introduced by a mutual friend and just had a great conversation. And so I asked Brian to take part in this podcast interview and share some of the things that he, his perspective about marketplace ministry with you. So Brian, tell, tell a little bit about the story about how you became a Christian. What, what prompted you to start following Jesus? So great, great question there. I, uh, I was actually at my grandparents. Uh, when I was uh, 10 years old and they, it was a summer vacation and, and it was a time, Mike, when actually kids went to their grandparents and stayed for two weeks or three weeks or five weeks or however long it was. And it was during, during that time they had vacation Bible school at my, uh, my, my grandma's church. So she took me and I heard a message on a Wednesday night. And I, I remember it uh, as clear as today that they gave an altar call and, and I knew, and I, I said, well, I need, I need Jesus. So I went down front and I was talking to the pastor after the service and he said, well, the next step is you need to get baptized. And we're doing a, a baptismal service at, you know, Sunday evening, the Sunday, would you like to be baptized? And I said, hey, yes, sir, I would like to be baptized. And they said, well, don't you want to wait for your parents? I went, I'm not doing it for my parents. I'm doing it for Jesus, right? And both my my grandpa and the pastor looked at each other and said, "Yeah, I think he has it right." So we're they, they kind of ushered me into the the baptismal and getting getting uh, getting prepared for that. And I, I just want to tell you, at you know that moment in time, it was so so real. I, I I'm you know much older now. But remember it like it was yesterday. It was, it was a true encounter with my Lord and Savior, and I, I just want to tell you, it, it it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, that's very cool. So, and um, you went through school then, planning to go kind of into full time vocational ministry, correct? Correct. So at the age of sixteen, uh, life went upside down, and I don't know very many 16 year olds that life doesn't go upside down a little bit. So it kind of is like a roller coaster there. However, my life went upside down and ended up going to a non-denominational church. And I, again, another message, another confrontation with the Lord, good confrontation, you know, the Lord comes to you. And I, I just felt a, a calling to go into full-time ministry. I'm like, this is what, 
I'm called to do. And, and the Lord began to show me scriptures and I'm like, this, this is it. This resonates. This, this has a, a grip on my heart and I, I don't want to turn away from it. So again, go down to the altar and, and get prayed over. And it was really neat, but I did accept uh, full-time ministry. I didn't know what it was going to look like at that moment. I, I thought I did. I thought it was just behind a pulpit. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. It, it changed quite a bit. Yeah, well, in both of our, you know, in the conversation we had before, right, the whole concept of full-time ministry has always been the sticking point for me. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss it more, too. But you went to seminary. You went to a Bible school, right? You went. I, I did. I, I started off at Raymond Bible College. It, um, it was in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and that, uh, did that for a year. And then, and then my, my pastor back in Texas said, Brian, you need to go to a real college. And I, I didn't quite understand. And, you know, do you take that as a compliment or, or, you know, somebody going, uh, yeah, you, you, you really need a better, better path. So I ended up going to a college and in uh, Texas, in Waxahachie, Texas, nonetheless, and went went there, went to Southwestern Assembly of God College, and quote-unquote, that was the, the real college, mm-hmm. but enjoyed my studies, and, and enjoyed, and, and just just enjoyed the Lord. That was that was the big deal for me. I, I wanted to be the best for the Lord. I wanted to be, I wanted to know the Bible. I wanted to know the history of it. I would, I just, I just loved God. Mm-hmm. And, but so what, after, after college, then you went into minute, you went to work for a church, correct? Well, not directly out of college. So what happened was I, I, I really felt in my heart that, that God called me into ministry. So I said, God, if you've called me into ministry, surely you're going to open up a door for me. So where, you know, just the traditional thinking is, once you graduate from college, then you send out a bunch of resumes to a bunch of different churches, and that's that's the way it was supposed to go. Well, I'm a little hard-headed, and you could ask my wife, and she definitely will confirm that, and probably my kids and my parents and everybody else. Yeah. I said, well, God, I'm not going to do it that way. So I need a job. I'm going to go get a job. And But I, I'm still banking on that if you called me, you're going to tell me when to step out and you're going to open up a door. Yeah. So I ended up getting a job my, in, in the mortgage industry because my dad's been in real estate. And I mean, that, that was a whole kind of a, a family deal. So he introduced me to a, a loan officer. They needed an assistant. So I became an assistant loan officer out of college. So I, I stuck with the M, ministry or mortgage. I just went with mortgage mm-hmm. because that that didn't look spiritual to me. Uh-huh. It, it didn't. It, it was like, you know, no, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go get a job, make money, and that's fine. But ministry was separate to me. Mm-hmm. So the um, once I, I went into the mortgage industry, I spent a couple of years there and loved it. Loved the building the business and the, the financial acumen and just business acumen. Growing mm-hmm. business was fantastic. And ministry just always stayed in the side, just, just kind of back burner for me. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, I, again, I, I spent a lot of time in church. So we, we, this is the third time I've heard a message. 
So I, I did hear a message and it was, you, you can't walk on water if you, if you stay in the boat. Mm-hmm. So I took a giant leap because I was young. I knew everything and that I was, I was invincible at that moment. So I gave my two week notice and my dad and my boss flipped out. They said, what are you doing? I said, well, God told me to step out. I'm going into full-time ministry. And they said, okay, great. Where? I don't know. He just told me to step out. So I gave my two-week notice and those two weeks passed. So I was, I was in my house and I'm like, God, you said to step out. I'm trusting you on your word. So 10 days pass. I get calls from my boss and my dad. They still think I'm crazy. I've lost my marbles. And at the end of those 10 days after praying, I had two phone calls. I had a phone call from a professor in my college said, Hey, listen, my brother has a a youth pastorate position open. It's about an hour, hour and a half away from you. You might need to call. And then right after that, I had another friend of mine that said, Hey, Brian, you've been on my heart for quite some time. We just got our, um, our bedroom that, you know, we, we built another bedroom on, on the side of our house. We got that finalized. It just took us a little bit longer, but we would like to ask you if you'd like to come to Georgia a little further from home to pass to youth pastor with us. And guess what? So I had, I had Tyler, Texas, which is about an hour, hour and a half away. And then I had Georgia, which is quite a few more hours. Mm-hmm. So I said, God, why did you at, open two doors when I just asked for one? I said, so if you're not going to pick, I'm going to pick the Georgia one, because if things get a little rocky, I don't want the excuse, wow, I could just go back home in an hour. I'm going to have to think about it yeah. at Georgia if I want to go back home. So that's, that's how I got started in the ministry. Not your traditional, you know, your, your same old, same old story, because I haven't heard a lot of people that do that story. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Brian, you, you, you really didn't want to send out resumes. I'm like, I, no, I apparently I was too, too stubborn to send out a resume. I just figured that if God is big enough and he calls you to do something, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll make a way. Very and interesting. He did. Yeah. So how did you end up back in Texas in the real estate business? So great story. So when I, I came back, I, I had both of these passions inside of me, you know, working with, in the mortgage company for a little over two years and then working in the ministry. I had a passion to serve the Lord. I had a passion to pray for people. I had a passion to, to preach and minister and evangelize. Love that. And then I also had this crazy desire for uh, market share and stats and metrics and how does this financial piece work and wow if this is utilized correctly we could do this this and this and we can get better and and that competition that competitive spirit inside of me just roars up i mean shoulders back head up i'm i'm ready to go i love that stuff but i didn't understand why both of them were it, it felt like they were conflicting because you know how can you truly love people and you really want to make money well, yeah. how can you make money and, and minister to people? I didn't understand how God was going to make that congruent or um, harmonized. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just didn't understand it. So I ended up getting married. 
and in Georgia. So we spent the final year and then her parents and my parent family were, were in Texas. So we ended up moving back to Texas. It was um, prior to 9-11 mm-hmm. and started having kids. And, and you know, when you have kids, you, you, they need to be fed. So mm-hmm. guess what? You, you make sure that you become bivocational. So I did that, and I and and since my dad was in the real estate world, I, I never became a, a real estate agent, not until later. But I I worked as you know I sold homes for new construction. I I I sold title policies, you know, for a title company, or I went to home warranty. I did. I shuffled around there for mm-hmm. quite a while. I just couldn't find my niche. Yeah, that's very cool. So. Fast forward us to today, you're, what is it you do today in the real estate business that's part of your ministry? So this, is, this has been the neatest thing, to watch God through a lot of prayer and a lot of trials and a lot of testing and a lot of victories, a lot of good things. He melded the, the passion to serve him in a ministerial uh, place with the business acumen and the desire for business. Mm-hmm. So if we, we fast forwarded through that, that, that's a lot of time there. So we have a clip note version here. We have Brian is, is, is in marketplace ministry. Brian mm-hmm. has, has, you know, when I got into the real estate world, there were a lot of things that jaded me and, and I began to see it different. I'm like, oh, I don't like it. And when I went through the coursework, I found the origin, the origin and where real estate and the laws and the, 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 all the legislation, all of the, the things to educate, to empower, to encourage, to help, they fit with my core values. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is what I wanted to do in the ministerial side. Now, God, you've shown me as I go coach and I teach and I still do workshops and we, we still are, are bringing the principles of God's word to everyday life. Ministry actually became so, so beautiful to me after that. It was not a pulpit. So now I tell people I was, I was trained in the pulpit for a platform mm-hmm. and, and my, my, my background in ministry was the foundation for the marketplace. So, and I, I watch people go from the marketplace into ministry and into that, the a traditional ministerial side. But then I've watched a lot of people go out of the ministry, the, the, the traditional into the marketplace and being able to go and teach and help people. I was on a call earlier today, Mike, with, with a person that is Hindu. And it was fantastic because I said, Okay, so if, if you look at a principle and we're looking at the Proverbs, and I just call them Proverbs, everybody can understand Proverbs. And I said, we're going to go with, that's a fantastic statement because it goes back to childlike faith. Wouldn't it be really good? And I started talking about child, childlike faith. And they brought up, oh, I'm, I'm a friend of a, a pastor over here. And they just talked to me about that same thing a couple of weeks ago. So. I get to witness covertly. Mm-hmm. I get to witness overtly as well. It just depends on where God has me in that, that equation. I was doing a, an interview today 
for somebody I've known for a while. Uh, they're they're fantastic uh, family. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They have a little kid, and they were talking about all the the, the stages of uh, you know being a one year old. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my goodness! I said only if we could have childlike faith, and that's how I melded that in. Mm-hmm. But having my my biblical training and understanding the Word of God, you can place the Word of God anywhere, and that's that's a great part. So. Hopefully I answered your question in a very preacher-like format. <laughs> well, I still got a lot of preacher in me, Mike. I understand, of- but you know, it's kind of interesting because we have this, I, I think we put the word ministry, we take it out of context. I think it means service. I think the word translated minister is also translated servant many times in Scripture. And I think we just make it hard, right? Jesus wants us to all serve other people so that he becomes visible. And um, we just we decide we want to put different labels on different kinds of service. But sometimes some of us have to serve as coaches in the real estate business or realtors or mortgage people. Some of us serve as IT project managers, which is what I do on the side. And, um, you know, it's... We all have things that we're called to do. We all create value by serving other people. And that value then becomes a way to fund our own ministry. Yes, it, it does. And if you go back to the, the book of Ephesians, mm-hmm. uh, you, you look at how, how God, what created apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists for what? The, the, the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah. And I, I really believe that we... we we kind of flip that. We do overcomplicate it quite a bit. But if you would look at the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, if you would you would translate that into the business world, what do you get? You get the C-suite, right? You get the CEO, you get the CFO, you get the HR, you get the um, your management team, and then you also get the marketing team, the evangelists. So yeah. when you look at that, and I, I talk to people all the time about, you know, how, how does the Bible translate into the business world? And utilizing that, I, I find people, Mike, that, that will come up to me and they're Christians and they're like, well, I, Brian, I, I, don't, I don't know those scriptures. And I said, well, you need to go read Ezekiel. You need to go do this because in, when you're structuring your business, you can look at the Valley of Dry Bones and it will tell you everything, every component that you need for building business. You can go to Ephesians and show about the management style. You can go here and look at this area of governance or blessing. And it, it's, it's fantastic. And then, then guess what they do? They go back and read their Bible. Yeah. I, I have a buddy of mine that coaches as well. And, and now he comes to me. He's like, well, I was reading over here this, da-da-da-da. And he would tell me his Bible scripture. And he said, you know, God's really dealing with me on this deal or, or showing me how to help people over here. Yeah, so just exactly. showing people how to read their Bible again has been pretty neat. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, and you also, speaking of that, you also wrote a book. I'm grabbing my copy of it, and it's hard to see with the reflection, but it's uniquely called. Tell us a little bit about the book, Brian. The subtitle, so, Live Out Your Faith in the Marketplace. Yes. So I, I when all of this stuff came together, my mm-hmm. guy. I, I had a book inside of me. It, it was the process that I went through, and it was really interesting. The the revelation, how that happened, and God giving me aha moments. And and God doesn't necessarily. Uh, let me rephrase that. 
I, I have found that God will speak to me on the mountaintop, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And God will also speak to you when you have this crisis, this breakdown experience. And, and God is such a comforter and he's such a, an amazing, amazing God that he will, he will weep with you and he will rejoice with you. He will comfort you and he will counsel you. You just have to be open. I was in a, in a really a tough spot and, and God began to show me the books and I began to write and I, I didn't know how to write a book. So guess what? I Googled it and I found some authors and I found some templates and, and found some ways that, oh, okay, so I can get this out of my brain and, and out of my heart in, onto a piece of paper. So I began to write about the, the merger, so to speak, mm-hmm. of a God, which he, he instilled already the passion to, to help people, and then the, the desire for business mm-hmm. and how they became harmoniously intertwined in exactly what God has called me to be. So doing that is showing, hey, listen, it happened to me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in this world of 7 billion people that God hasn't specifically called and said, you know what, you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. You're fashioned by me, just as I fashioned the stars and the, the, the granulars, uh, granulated sand on the seashore. I made you for a specific purpose. So I wanted to begin to express that, that God has called you uniquely and you can do it in the marketplace. You can do it in any arena and any, any place in the world because God's amazing. And when we tap into that amazing gift that he's given us, then we, we showcase how big he is and how, how much he loves us and how much he loves other people. Exactly. And I think, you know, many of us believe that we're biding our time or we're, that our, that our calling and that some of the joy that you and I talk about that we experience daily as we live our calling. Some people think that joy is just totally out of reach. Mm-hmm. They do. And, and, and it's actually the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm-hmm. And, and when we, we look at that, you know, the, the, the part of that, which is really nice about the joy, is you can ask God for joy. Mm-hmm. Because it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, right? Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. And restore what? The joy of salvation. That. I may teach transgressors your ways. But I ask that, that God restores that joy, refreshes the joy. Mm-hmm. God, don't give me old, stale joy. God, give me brand new joy. Help me look at life and let me look at business. Let me look at people around me with this fresh lens that you've given me because I know I'm uniquely called, but I want to find out what their unique calling is as well and help them tap into that. That's brought me a lot of joy right there, Mike. Yeah, so explain a little bit more about the outline of the book. Tell people about it. Okay, so the, the first part of the book, so there, it's broken down into two parts. And the first part is, is, is my process. You know, sitting there with my, my head in my hands and just absolutely breakdown mode. That, that if, I was, if you weren't at rock bottom, I, I was, I, I felt like I was below the barrel, not just at the bottom of the barrel. So I, I had a piece of paper and I began to write 
and it was a it was a blank notepad like this. Mm-hmm. I, I always have my notepad. I have three whiteboards in my office too. I write down everything. The Bible says, write down your vision, make it plain, right? And then mm-hmm. back it too. But I, I started writing and I, I started writing all the, the areas of my life. I came up with eight of them, you know, from spiritual to physical to intellectual to emotional to marriage, family, and 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 business and finance to mm-hmm. finance, uh, your finances and lifestyle all the way to your social circle. So I, I started this process and I and God would lead me to one process and he showed me you know, to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. I'm on, I, I needed to measure it. So I, I'm a, I have a business mind. So if you can't, if you can't measure it, you can't mm-hmm. score it. You don't even know if you're growing. Correct. So in the ministry, we didn't measure anything in the marketplace. I measured all things. Mm-hmm. So I just combined both of them. I started measuring it. You know, how do I feel? You know, because the, the Bible also says as a man thinks, so he is. Mm-hmm. So I scre- I created a scorecard for me. Yeah. You know, how how am I doing spiritually? What does that look like to me? How would I define that? And I started I so I did zero to ninety is my scorecard. Ninety was an A. You can't get better than an A. Hundred was perfect. So I know God was perfect. And then I used the principle of tithing there. So ten percent, ninety one to to a hundred percent. That's ten percent. That's and I call it house money. Mm-hmm. Because you're always giving back to the house of God. Mm-hmm. So I gave that 10% to God. I scored myself on a zero to 90. How am I doing? Am I reading my Bible? Am I am I praying? Am I doing my devotions? Am I walking with him? Am so a bunch of questions you ask yourself every day? Or I well, I I at that time I did, Mike, but now I still keep that scorecard because mm-hmm. we're we, we we don't stagnate in our life. That life is Life is always moving. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. You never stay still. Yeah. It's no different than the undertow in the, the ocean. It's going to take you somewhere that you don't want to go if you're not, mm-hmm. you're not careful. So I scored it. And now I can look back. If I'm having a rough day or a rough week or a rough month, I can go back spiritually. Am I growing intellectually? Am I reading things? Am I, am I forcing myself to learn? Yeah. Uh, emotionally, how am I doing? You know, physically, am I sleeping right? Am I eating right? Am I working out? Because I can find out if I love the Lord with all my heart, my soul, my strength. I can just tell you if I could score myself just on those four things, I, I can tell you where you get off track. I, yeah. I can because then your external marriage and family, finances and lifestyle, your business and your social circle all come from loving the Lord with all your heart your soul, which I broke down into emotions and intellect and your, your, your strength, which is your body. Very cool. I, I went through these processes and, you know, showed showcase that in the book. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you go, if you go somewhere once Mike, you, you, you probably don't take the best route. Do you No. but but when you go back and you're going to tell your, your friends to go to that same place, that route changes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, listen, don't don't take a left there. That that leads you down a whole different path. Go straight here. I know it looks funny, but go straight, and then you're going to take a left at the third light down the road. Yeah, and then it's going to be immediate right. Instead, you're going to wind away. So I, I my my process was the windy process, mm-hmm. but the process that I I take people through in discovering their purpose and discovering you know the scorecard. Where are you? And then mm-hmm. the 
we go through the, the process of, of transformation and you go through various modules that I use in my coaching today that, that helps people get a very clear vision or, or go introspective. I, I know you talk to a lot of people, Mike. I think the thing that we lack a lot of times in our society is that introspective uh, uh, place. We, we're not diving deep inside. We're pointing the finger uh, uh, typically, and we're going, well, that's, it's, it's that fault, or it's rained, or it's those people, or it's that, that side of things. And that's not, that's not what I needed. Try I needed to find to something go. to blame it on. Yeah, we try to find something to blame it on. Yeah, I was, I was actually talking today about the feedback loop. There's this point where we have to introduce our activities, and we give those to God and say, okay, God, tell us what to think about those. That's the introspection that you're talking about, where we let God inform us and direct us when we take the next lap around whatever it is we're doing. Correct. Right. So that, that was the basis of my book and to show people that they can actually live out their faith in the marketplace as long as they understand who they are, whose they are, and what they're here for. Yeah. That's and, a great and way those, of putting it. And it, it was just, it's really good. It was good for me. So yeah. I shared my story. Very cool. Now, you also talked in there, in the one chapter I wanted to make sure I asked you about, was the eight phases of transformation. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Okay, that, that's fantastic. So I, I told you that I began to share the principles of God's Word everywhere I go. So mm -hmm. I was reading the, the parable of the sower, and I, I began to see it from a marketplace perspective. I'm like, oh, those are... So the, you know, where your seed goes and you throw it on the top of the soil mm -hmm. and the birds or the enemy steals it. Have you ever been into a, a, a situation where you've seen, you've seen people kind of reject it. They're like, oh, I know everything. So I called that the know-it-all section mm -hmm. because they already know everything. You, I, you've also sat down on an appointment and you, you began to explain your service or your product or what you can do. They're like, oh yeah, I, I know everything about that. Mm -hmm. So it's really challenging to work with that, that attitude. So that's more of a, a high five, you know, good luck on, you know, on your journey because you can't do anything with it. And that's the same thing that God said. You can't do anything with the seed will not produce when it lands on the top of the soil. It just won't. So I have to go down. So I created the idea zone. That idea zone I talk about, it's the intoxicated fun zone. That's when you go mastermind. You do you do, um, hey, listen, you know, let's go to a mastermind session. And everybody gets, gets there and they're excited because they have a blank piece of paper. They have whiteboards. Mm -hmm. and, and they're looking at create the, the creativity part. Your endorphins just explode in your brain. Yeah. You're excited. You have a million-dollar idea. And then you go to the noise and the noise, you know, life chokes it out. So that million-dollar idea just got washed away. And then you have to go back to your mastermind group to figure out another million dollar idea because the first one didn't work. It's because you never put it through that process. And it talks about in the book where you go through the foundation and you, you, that's, that's the longest process. But when you look at homes, what is the most expensive part of building a house? The foundation, mm -hmm. the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice so when we're looking at foundation, foundation is really important. So it takes longer there. And then you get into a revelation, a manifestation, a transfer, transformation. Yeah, you, you actually show this as like four steps down 
to get to the foundation and then four steps back up, right? Correct. Correct. Because you got to go deep. And I teach people go deep because if you go deep, it works. If you just stay on the shallow and the surface level, it, mm. you're just not going to get as much out of it. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. I appreciate it. So the other thing, the other thing you're involved in because you're involved in a bunch of things, you guys who are listening to this podcast, you can hear all of Brian's energy. You also do, you have your own radio show as well, right? I do. I have redefining real estate. I, I again, been in, been in the real estate world for 25 years in and out of uh, full-time ministry or traditional ministry sense. And I, I can just tell you that every industry has their stigma. It just does. You know, you, you're labeled this or you're labeled that, you know, this is great. That's yeah. not, oh my goodness, I can't believe you do that. Every industry has that. So I wanted to showcase a, a different lens on looking at real estate. How are the homeowners supposed to look at it? What is a, a buying right? What does a selling right look, look like? How does a, a taking your traditional model of real estate, turning it into a active asset, and then bringing in a team of people that actually wants to impact families, build better neighborhoods and stronger communities. And that's what I created the show for, uh, to do something a little different. Because I want to tell you, Mike, you and I, we, we talk about this, but we, we need, and, and really, with all of this stuff that's happened in our world, it's going to be really good to redefine some things. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really good to see the restoration and the redemption and reconciliation happen uh, yeah. from the Lord as he intervenes. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm super excited about this time, not because of the suffering that's happened, but because it has created space for a lot of redefining in families, ministries, businesses. So again, shoulders back, head up. That's fantastic. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, we all have to, we're all reevaluating now because of COVID and everything else that's going on. So I think several, several of us are examining the things that we've been doing and thinking and seeing how that, you know, how that works, starting to look at new opportunities, new yes. ideas. <clears throat> and and so opportunities your, are out there. Yeah. And your coaching's not limited to real estate, right? You coach you coach all different kinds of people, correct? I, I have coached all different types of people, yes. And and I still do. I I I really hone in on the real estate world mm -hmm. and the buyers and the sellers uh, about that real estate transaction. And then that's been really good. But I I just got finished working with a Actually, he was a young man that uh, is in college, going to be a junior in college. And he, he, I mentored him for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just, just being able to take life and, and share that with someone else yeah. and say, hey, listen, here's a biblical worldview. It's, it's really good to adopt because, <laughs> because it just works. Yeah. And, and show people that, you know, God's way. So yes, yes, I do work with other people and work with other, other business owners uh, as well as, you know, again, honing into a, a real, real tight niche of real estate mm -hmm. and looking at that real estate transaction. Yeah. Well, and well, let me ask you this for kind of a little bit of time that we have left. 
What's one piece of advice that you would give to a marketplace Christian about how they can integrate their faith and work and make this all work together and be a full-time minister in their workplace? Absolutely. I, I think the, the number one thing is being able to ask the Lord for discernment and how do you, how do you uh, communicate the Bible? Biblical truths, his word will never return void. And if you can share principles, I share principles with uh, people of the Muslim belief or faith. I, I share principles with people of Hindu and agnostics and atheists. And when we talk about the principles and we extract the principle of the Bible, I don't have to tell them that they're found in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12, where it talks about being a repair of the breach. They don't want to hear that. But I can tell you that in Isaiah 58, verse 12, hey, listen, there's a principle about being a bridge builder. Would you like to know more about it? Yeah. And I want to tell you, that's been very powerful for me in the marketplace to utilize God's word when it's appropriate and to do it as principles because it creates engagement and dialogue. Yeah. Once that dialogue happens, I can help a lot of people. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's a great point. Uh, the, all the Bible that you can get always helps, right? Mm -hmm. And so the more we know and understand about the Scripture, the better off we'll be. So that's a great point. I want to encourage everyone listening to this. I want to thank you, Brian, for doing this. And I want to encourage everyone listening to this to check out Brian, he's got, we'll have a link to his Facebook page down below and his LinkedIn profile, a link to his book and to the radio show. If we get all that, I think all that will be in the show notes so that you can connect with Brian. And Brian, I'm just grateful for you doing this. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, I'm, I'm always honored to, to uh, be on shows, but uh, you, you and I have, have spent some time talking uh, recently, and I, I really just appreciate you and what you're doing, and uh, it's just it, it's awesome, and we we need more of it. So super excited for for your vision and your mission and your your walk with the Lord as well. Thanks a lot, and thanks for doing this, and thank you for listening, listeners. I'm grateful to you as well. Don't forget to check out followerofone.org and sign up for the next Marketplace mission trip. We just practice these activities in our workplace. We get better at them. Just like Brian was talking about, the more we know about scripture, the more we try and do these things and integrate these things. When we ask God for discernment, he puts that in place. He starts putting those wheels in motion and he puts us to work. Thanks, Brian, for doing this. I'm grateful for you. Thank you again, Mike. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, you've been listening to the Follower of One podcast. Follower of One is an online community of people who intentionally follow Jesus every day, at work or wherever we are. Join us at community.followerofone.org. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it in your various social media channels. Thanks for listening.